Bishop Gary Oliver here with my lovely wife, Dr. Noemi. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, you guys are staying home and are safe in this beautiful weather with gray snow out in Texas. We have an Arctic chill going on down here. Uh, I think the last time I checked, it was like 26 degrees and felt like 19 or 17, something like that outside. So we are inside. And if you know anything about Texas, you know we don't get a lot of snow, but we get a lot of ice. And uh, snow is no problem to drive in. We can all drive in the snow. That's very simple. But the ice is just a little difficult. So it kind of locks things down around here. But we're glad to be here with you today. And we're glad that we could spend this time with you. So maybe some of you remember this little song that says, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Thank you. 
enjoy you, hear your word, and learn more about who you are in our lives. God, speak to somebody today. Give us hope. Give us that passion, God, to serve you above all things else, God, that we would serve you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may want to get your Bible, and you may want to grab a notepad or um, grab your journal. Do something. Let's take some notes. Write it down. Uh, this is the secret place again with Bishop Gary and Dr. Noemi. We're just honored to be in your house. We're honored to be with you today. And uh, if you would like to sow into the ministry of what we do, uh, you're welcome to do that. We will put uh, a note in there with that so you can go um, in on our app or website or someplace and you can sow into the secret place. We love you and we appreciate you. We're grateful for all that you do for us. I want to talk to you today just a little bit, and I don't know who this is for, but man, I'm telling you, um, my wife and I were sitting in the living room while we go and doing some work because that's all we can do right now is just sit at home and work. And uh, so we were sitting there with our computers going, and all, and I'm kind of just thinking, you know, God, what are we going to do today? What do we need to say today? What needs to happen today? And I mean, all of a sudden, just like a deluge, it just flooded my heart and my mind that somebody really needs to hear this, uh, needs to know that there is nothing that you need that is not already in you. It's, you know, one of the things that we do uh, around here in Texas is we we do ride horses a lot and uh, we love our horses we love animals and one of the things that I've really noticed about horses and, and horses are like you know other diff different kinds of species whatever you know like dogs you can have a dog that is bred for uh hunt bird dog uh hunt birds like a bird dog and that dog when he gets around, in fact, our neighbors, uh, they have the cutest puppy. He's a little a German short hair. And oh my gosh, when the birds are playing out on the little pond behind our house, he gets so excited and he runs and he runs and he runs. And whenever one of those birds lights on the ground, he stops and he throws up that little leg, you know, just standing there pointing. And his tail is just like this, just rigid way. He's just like waiting, waiting, waiting thinking that he's going to be able to somehow to get, and he's a puppy. He's a puppy. You cannot train that in him. That is bred in him. They have another dog who is a guard dog. Um, he looks kind of mixed. I don't know what he is, but he totally is dumbfounded by all of what this puppy is doing. He's an older dog. And he's like looking at him like, would you please sit down and just stop? <laughs> what are you doing? Pointing at that. In fact, I used to have some friends that had a, a German short hair. And that dog would play around the deck when we were uh, cooking out and eating. And he would point flies. <laughs> if a fly flew past him and landed on something, he'd just freeze and point at it like, there it is, there it is. And uh, don't move. <laughs> but <clears throat> that is... 
bred into them. Now, no more can you take a guard dog and make him a bird dog than you can take a bird dog and make him a guard dog. That puppy, he just, he runs to the fence every time we drive up. He just wants to be noticed. He wants to be looked at. He wants to be pet. He wants to be, uh, somebody pay attention to me. I'm here and I need you to look at me. He would not, he could not guard anything. I don't know that he would guard other than that bird. He's not going to do much of anything, but that's how they're bred. The same thing is true with horses. And I think it's pretty true with people too. You cannot make a horse that is not bred for cutting horses, which I mean, that's working cattle. And I won't get into all the detail of that, but we call them cutting horses because you cut a cow out of the herd and you keep that herd, that cow from going back to the herd and the horse blocks it. Just look it up sometime on YouTube. It'll be really intriguing to you. <clears throat> cutting horses or NCHA cutting horses, National Cutting Horse Association. Uh, you can't take a horse that is bred uh, let's say to just do uh, jumps, uh, hunter jump horse. You can't, you can't breed him. You can't take him and make him go cut a cow like that because it's not in him to do that. Here's the thing about training. And this, this is something that I feel like somebody really needs to hear. And I want you to speak to this love um, because here's the thing that you really need to hear. Training is not, necessarily putting something in you you don't have training is cultivating what you already have and helping you refine it and bring it out and i think that's important to understand because i hear a lot of people tell their kids you know you can do anything you want to do and that's really not true you can't do anything you want to do because uh my oldest son he's not a, he's not a ball player uh, but he can play the heck out of a violin. So he couldn't go play ball. I could tell him all day long, oh, you can do anything you want to do. Just go do it. But he couldn't do it. He wanted, but he gave him a violin and it was it was instant. Right. Yeah, there they are. There is something about having natural gifts and internal gifts and which you already carry. We see that with football players. We see it with soccer players, people who play volleyball and baseball. In fact, you even go back and, you know, when we look at some of the shows where they're doing specific, like the Olympics or things like that, there are some bodies that are made more favorably to be runners. Right. There are some um, bodies that are made to be uh, more to, more uh, being able to do weights. Right. And there are some gifts that, you know, but there is a natural gift that we have inside already right. that helps us really once we tap into the natural gift that we're carrying then that's when we just propel. Right. And that's when we see a lot of the Olympics right. and um, people that are runners, you know, they have a certain uh, way that they're shaped. Um, and you look at the young girls that are the Olympics, um, that do a lot of the aerobics. Right. It's a different, gymnastics is a different frame. Yeah. So yeah, there are some natural gifts. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very important. And it's, it's in them and now we train that and we cultivate that. I often tell our young college age uh, crew that nobody pays you for your college degree. They pay you for your gift. So educate your gift. 
Whatever your gift is, figure that out and educate that. Make that gift smarter. Make that gift sharper. Make that gift. Now, I want to back this up and I want to give you some scripture to help you understand this because the Bible says in Genesis 1, 11, God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on, air, on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. Here's the thing. If I have a kernel of corn and a kernel of wheat, I don't have to beg the corn to not be wheat before I plant it. It has everything that it needs in it to be what it's designed to be. I'm here to tell you, you have everything in you. We can take it a step further. God worked for six days, five days, created the earth and all of its stuff, the plants, the waters, the, the dry land, all these things that he did, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything, the plants yielding and uh, fruits and all of this stuff. He did everything he did, even the animals created all of it before he ever made man. Because he said, before I put you in this environment, I'm going to create everything you need from that environment to sustain you. Now, that's a very powerful point. If you really can hear what I'm saying, I feel like saying uh, what, what the scripture says, what Jesus said so many times, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Because if you're in an environment that is depleting and draining and destroying you, not cultivating you, not producing you, you may need to check out of that environment and find the environment that causes you to produce what you know you're capable of producing. And I want to tell you, when you get around people who drain you all the time, it's hard to be productive in that, in that arena. You have to get around people that encourage you and have to get around people. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, your background is in financial advising. So um, one of your many backgrounds. So if uh, your background is also in life coaching, your background is also in psychology, your background is, there's so many things, but let's just take, let's just take the financial advising for a moment. In order for somebody to achieve the level of success that you achieved as a financial advisor, you can't hang around the people that are not producing you have to get around people that know what they're doing. Yeah, and, I, and you, you want to be with people that are going to, that you can receive from, that you can grow from. I, I was very adamant of always having mentors in my life. And many, many a times they were always older just mm -hmm. because they carried experience. And I wanted something that I could learn from. Yeah. And so you don't, I always was very intentional about having people 
around me that could pour into me and at the same time I could pour back into them right and you don't want to have people that are not strong in the field and try to take advice from them when they're not have no experience right and so for me it was important when we would go to conferences it was important for me to pay attention to the ones that were successful right. and what is the common factor what are they doing what is the common denominator that they're doing that they're making a difference and why they're being so successful and I remember was seeing a woman about oh 15 years ago right. and uh, she was the CEO for Xerox um, and I remember asking her you know how everybody was waiting she was the only woman in the panel of five uh -huh. and I remember asking her, I said you know one thing that sticks out and I want to know how is it that around surrounded all these um, gentlemen here that are successful mm -hmm. what do you think you made in how the, what did you do different that you made a difference to be sitting here among the all these panelists and she said she said it's it's a tough world in finance however it's important that i was surrounded by strong mentors and work on your mental capacity mm. of emotional intelligence wow, wow, wow. And so it was important she says because in in this field you got to get beyond the personal stuff you got to get beyond the obstacles you got to get beyond everything that's going to tear you down because the odds are already against you being yeah. a female I remember her saying that so you got to be you got to continue working on yourself right. you know last night we were watching something on I don't know one of the Netflix or something and uh, it was in the medieval times, you know, and so this guy and this gal come up on this one lady and they're going to attack her and she just puts them to shame. I mean, she just, I mean, annihilates them. She could have, she didn't kill them. She didn't harm them in any way. And when she got through, she said, you know what? You're both very good. You got a lot of instincts and you got a lot of talent. You let your emotions get in the way. Right. And that's sometimes their emotions. <laughs> Our emotions are good. It's just not letting the emotions control us. Yes. It's us controlling our emotions and really understanding what is it that we're what trying. What they're there for. What they're, yes, absolutely. They were there, created by God for a reason to, to be able to express how we feel, to be able to uh, release when we're in, you know, upset or we've had sorrow, we've had pain. And to help you make decisions, right. good decisions. Yeah. But they shouldn't, as we learned with Dr. Sharona, yeah. they're not, they're, they're meant to be there. Is for awareness to be the right. person that's watching the dream, watching the person, watching your behavior, your actions. Because if we do it based on just the emotions, that's really what gets us into trouble. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that that's what happens when we come to this place where we say, well, what is my gift and what do I do and how do I get there? And we sometimes we watch other people and then we let our emotions get in the way and we're not really cultivating what's in us. Or we allow people to talk us out of who we really are. We allow people to talk us down. Let me just uh, take you to another quick scripture here, Matthew 13. And let's just say uh, we're going to start here at verse 3. And he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path. Now, we're talking about seed because the seed has everything in it it needs to be to complete the task that it has been assigned to. Seed is like the word of God that shall go forth out of the mouth of the Lord, but it shall not return void without accomplishing everything that he sent it to do. Jesus Christ is that word that went forth out of the mouth of God, and he did not return until he accomplished everything 
that God had loosed him to do. That's why he was called the word made flesh. He accomplished his task. He finished it. That's why he said on the cross, it is finished. He had done what he had been sent to do. Now watch this. As he sowed all these seeds, he said, some seeds fell on the path and birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Verse seven, other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Let anyone with ears listen. There he is, there he's saying it. So the disciples, they're like, you know, well, why do you always tell these people stories? And why are you always creating these moments? Why do you talk about these parables? And he said, to create readiness. They're not ready for the truth. So I tell them stories to make them walk away and think, I wonder what he meant by that. But when the moment of readiness comes, when they say, ah, oh, that's what he meant, that aha moment, then they come back to him and say, teacher, teach me now, because now I'm ready to listen. So the disciples said, well, can you explain that last parable to us? He said, well, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. Think about that. The path is the place where we walk. It's the path where, place where we commute. It's the place where a lot of traffic is. A lot of other people are. And if you're taking your word and you're casting it out where a lot of other people are who are not in the same mindset, who are not in the same framework, and it's on the path, then guess what? The evil one comes and he snatches away what is sown. You let people talk you out of it. That's literally what he's talking about. You let people talk you out of it. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who the word, who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. In other words, that person just has no strength in themselves and they can't take anything. They just can't take any pressure. They can't take uh, the enemy coming against them. They can't take. And how many people do you know in your life that they seem real excited? They run in, they rush up and they start something. And as soon as it happens that something rises up that kind of fights that idea or pushes against them, they run, they fall away. The reason being is they have no root. This is a lifestyle. This is the way they live. They're excited about something for a moment and then they run and they fall apart when something comes against them. Watch this one. And then he says, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. This is when you get so caught up in what the world has to offer that you pay more attention to it than you do what the word of God brought to your life. And then, but as far as what was sown on good soil, and I love this because I've heard people preach this and talk about this, that I want to be just a hundredfold. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, because there are some things in my life that are going to bear a hundredfold. There's some things that's going to bear 60 and some 30. And fold means times. It's not percent. Uh, it means times. So a hundred times what it was uh, originally came to me as, and probably that's because that's a part of my skill set. 
That's a part of who I am. So, for example, God may drop a lyric in my wife's heart, and she is very smart, very astute. She can hear that and say, hey, this is a great line here for a song, but it doesn't really go anywhere because that's not a part of her skill set, whereas that same line may come to mind, and I produce a hundredfold. She got 30-fold, I got a hundredfold. Doesn't mean it was bad. It was all good seed, and it was all good soil. So don't let anybody talk you out of your 30-fold stuff. Hear what I'm telling you. Don't let anybody talk you out of your 30-fold or your 60-fold stuff because some of that is important. It is viable to your life. In fact, it will support sometimes your 100-fold stuff. So watch this. He says, as for what was sung on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. And listen to this. this. This word understands means that I take like the pieces of a puzzle and I put them all together till I have this consummate picture. And I understand, I take a piece here, take a piece there, take that, understand, take this, take that, and I put it all together and oh, I understand it. And here's the issue is that I don't just understand the word, but I indeed bear fruit and yield in that word. It produces something in me and I yield it. And so here's what I'm trying to help somebody just grab hold of today. And that is simply God loves you enough that he put everything inside you that you need to survive. You have everything you need to make it. But here's the other part of that. You have to get in the right soil to be able to produce that. And here's where the right soil is. The right soil is forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and have suffered shipwreck in their faith, Paul said, or the writer of Hebrews. But here's the real issue. You have to get around people who want to serve him as much as you do, who want to walk with him as much as you do. If not, you're going to get busy on the path and the evil one's going to come snatch it away, or you're going to get in some shallow soil. You're not going to have enough root to maintain it yourself. You have to get to the place where you are so caught up in him that you are producing fruit. There's a lot to be said about there this subject. Is. I love this parable because the importance, let it be 2023, a season of growing into depth mm. and being part of that, mm. learning, in, being in the depth of soil, because that's where we grow our strong roots. And with that, it's the people that surround are surrounded around us to be able to bear good fruit. Yes. So be a season because what's on the surface are the emotions. Yeah. When there is death, then you go into your heart. Yeah. So it's important that we also understand this get into some deep soil, just like Jesus said, yeah. grow some roots in the deep soil. So when the, the tough things do come, which we know they will, yeah. we don't wash away based on our emotions, but we're rooted into his word because we've already, we've come in from a place of death. Yes. So here's the key. Find people that love him as much as you do. Find a church. I'm not telling you, you got to come to Encounter Church, but you need to be in church somewhere. 
And even if you used to come to Encounter Church and you don't come anymore and you just think you can do everything online, I'm going to tell you, don't believe that lie from the enemy. Go find a church where you can sit down and join with other saints who love him as much as you do. Praise him in the congregation of the brethren. Praise him and honor him. Lift up his name, exalt him and take his word on. Because what do you got to do? The Bible says in order to get the seed in the ground, you got to break up the fallow ground. Fallow means hardened ground. And the only way I know to break up the fallow ground, the Bible says, is that Judah will plow. Praise him. will plow that ground up, break it open, and learn what God has gifted you with and put inside you. I love you, Bishop Gary, Dr. Noah, me at the secret place. Take me to that seat.